It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah, You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Mar-a-Lago meltdown over the Trump legal team. Then, Valentine's Day super spreader. The virus doesn't care that it's Valentine's Day. And the Champa Bay boat parade. Could it spark another COVID-19 surge? Plus, does disinfecting surfaces really prevent COVID-19? Effective or just a waste of time? The new research will surprise you. Then, star-spangled uproar. Billionaire owner Mark Cuban stops playing the national anthem at his NBA games. He knows full well this will create a firestorm of national controversy. Then, lucky to be alive. The woman who says she was left for dead by her NFL boyfriend. He was sipping his smoothie and it's like, wow, you're, you're still alive. And the courtroom kitty giving America a big laugh. Can you hear me, Judge? I'm not a cat. Here he is. It struck everybody's funny bone for some reason. And Animal Farm at Inside Edition. Here's me as a cat. I think I look great as a cow. Could anybody take me seriously? Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. It is day two of Donald Trump's second impeachment trial, and his attorneys are not getting raves for how they are presenting their case. No one is said to be less impressed than the former president himself. Word is he is absolutely furious watching the proceedings from Mar-a-Lago. Stephen Fabian reports. Republican senators today are under fire for not paying attention at the impeachment trial, showing downright contempt for the proceedings. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, sat up in the gallery with his feet up. Grand Paul uh, doodling what appeared to be a drawing of the Capitol. The Democrats today presenting graphic messages from the rioters. We were looking for Nancy Pelosi to shoot her in the frickin' brain. And statements made by stunned Capitol Police officers after the riot. What the F, man? Is this America? Trump's legal team is coming under fire from none other than Trump himself. He's apparently in a state of fury as he watches the proceedings on TV from Mar-a-Lago. We thought that the House manager's presentation was well done. They just folded uh, like a, a cheap suit up there. They didn't know what they were talking about. Rambled, disorganized, embarrassed, terrible. I'm surprised he didn't fire him sometime during the afternoon. It was that bad. I spoke to famed attorney Alan Dershowitz, who represented Trump at his first impeachment trial last year. We know that President Trump likes his lawyers to be quote-unquote killers. 
Here you have this guy complimenting the other side. I didn't think very much of Castor. I didn't know what his theory was. He was just a schmoozer. He was trying to ingratiate himself with the senators. One thing getting on Trump's nerve is Bruce Castor's ill-fitting suit. You wouldn't blame him if he was upset, but it might have been the president's fault for firing his other attorneys that were doing all the preparing. Many were also puzzled by Trump's other attorney, David Schoen, who put his hand on his head every time he took a sip of water. It's actually because of his Orthodox Jewish faith, which requires him to recite a blessing and cover his head whenever he eats or drinks. Trump's attorneys are getting pummeled by the late night comics. Trump was reported to be deeply unhappy and was almost screaming at the television during the trial. So those guys aren't getting paid. This is what I want to see. I want to see him. This trial is boring. I want to see Donald Trump watching it. That's where the action is. The trial is expected to last through the weekend and into next week. COVID infections are moving in the right direction, with fewer than 100,000 new cases in this country for the first time since November. But worries over the U.K. variant continue, as does the fear that the Super Bowl will lead to a spike because of all those parties. And as Jim Murray reports, now added to the experts' worry list, Valentine's Day. Nothing says Valentine's Day like a romantic dinner. But health experts are concerned this year, Valentine's Day could trigger another super surge just seven days after the Super Bowl. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is reopening thousands of restaurants for indoor dining for the first time in two months. We'll open 25% indoor dining in New York City Friday before Valentine's Day, so they'll have a big Valentine's Day. L.A. restaurants reopened just 11 days ago, and there have been long lines of diners who miss a night out on the town. This upscale restaurant in Beverly Hills is charging $175 a person for their Valentine's Day menu that features oysters, lobster, and steak. But even at 50% capacity and eating outdoors, there are still fears you could catch the virus at restaurants. Infectious disease expert Anne Ramoyne has this advice. The virus doesn't care that it's Valentine's Day. If you really want to show love to, to other people in your life, then you should probably stay apart for this Valentine's Day. In Tampa, the Super Bowl champs' victory parade was held on the river to avoid large crowds on city streets. But thousands flocked in 80-degree weather to the waterfront. And many appeared to defy orders to mask up. People are lined up all down the river. Look at this boat, packed with revelers. There's Ron Gronkowski partying shirtless. And watch as Tom Brady tosses the Super Bowl trophy to another boat. Kelly Ripa hosted Live with Kelly and Ryan alone today, revealing that co-host Ryan Seacrest is ill. Ryan is under the weather today. Don't panic. In these new COVID times, we always err on the uh, side of caution. She didn't say whether Ryan had tested positive. Meantime, the CDC has released its first official guidance on masks. The agency says double masks are the safest. Their study found that wearing two tightly fitted masks reduced exposure by about 95 percent. There's new controversy today involving the national anthem at sporting events. The decision by Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, to stop playing the anthem at home games is causing an uproar. Oh, say can you see? Billionaire Mark Cuban canceled the national anthem at Dallas Mavericks home games, and people are furious. Down the lane, easy hoop. 
At Monday's game, this is what the few fans who were there heard before the game. A video was played of former Mavericks players thanking frontline workers, but no national anthem. Mark Cuban's controversial move made the Mavericks the only team in the NBA to abandon the Star-Spangled Banner. He is an egomaniac addicted to attention. The national anthem is not the law of the land. On Fox Sports, broadcasters were divided. Today, enraged Maverick fans threatened a boycott. Get woke, go broke, won't spend another cent on Dallas Mavs, tweeted a Fort Worth cop. But others are expressing support. Best owner in the NBA, goes this tweet. The anthem has not been played at any of the Mavericks' home games this season, but was only noticed Monday. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked to weigh in. I haven't spoken with the president about the decision by Mark Cuban, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American and has great respect for the anthem and all that it represents. Today, the NBA issued this statement. With NBA teams now in the process of welcoming fans back into their arenas, all teams will play the national anthem in keeping with long-standing league policy. In response, Cuban now says the Mavericks will resume playing the anthem tonight, adding, the hope is that those who feel passionate about the anthem being played will be just as passionate in listening to those who do not feel it represents them. The NBA requires players to stand during the national anthem, but that rule hasn't been enforced in recent years. And after being delayed for a whole year, the Olympic Games will go ahead this summer in Tokyo. Today, the Olympic Committee released their COVID protocols, and some of them, frankly, will be difficult. For instance, they are calling for no cheering. Good luck with that. Don't expect joyous hugs like this at the upcoming Olympics. A handbook of do's and don'ts for the Tokyo Games has just been released. One new rule, avoid unnecessary forms of physical contact such as hugs, high fives, and handshakes. And this, support athletes by clapping and not singing or chanting. That's right, chants like this are forbidden. You are going to be allowed to clap, guys. So, you know, you're going to have to learn to be English. Think Wimbledon, you know. The playbook also says make sure you have access to enough face masks to last throughout your stay in Japan. Everyone is responsible for their own supply. We spoke to Team USA Indoor Volleyball Olympian Rachel Adams. It's definitely going to be weird because it's your innate instinct to want to just, like, bring your teammates in for a hug. And you're going to have to constantly, like, keep pulling back and, like, oh, okay, reel it back, don't touch each other. And it kind of, like, will kind of kill the vibe for sure. And star swimmer Ryan Lochte gave us his take on the new rules. You're in a different world once you win. Like, everything is just like, oh, my gosh, yes. And you're so excited. And you want that, like, you want that feeling of touching your teammates, being like, yes, giving them a hug. But now we just have to be more careful with everything that we do now. Since the pandemic began, everyone has been mindful of cleanliness. Now the CDC says the virus is not as contagious on surfaces as originally believed. Amber Cagliano has more. 
The onset of the pandemic touched off hysteria nationwide, with people wiping down everything they came in contact with, from grocery carts to deliveries. But was it overkill? The CDC recently amended its guidelines to say the virus spreads less commonly through contact with contaminated surfaces. I think that's very important so people aren't in a trap of continuing practices which aren't worth the effort. After the CDC warned COVID-19 could live on surfaces for up to a month, airlines began decontaminating planes after every flight. And New York's Grand Central Station disinfected everything down to the bathrooms and subways, sprayed nightly with a powerful disinfectant. While COVID can live outside the body, it's very unlikely that someone can get the virus by touching a contaminated surface. But that doesn't mean we should let our guard down. As an example, if somebody sneezed onto a table and you happen to touch that surface and then there was droplets there and, you know, in a short period of time touched your face, we're talking about possible transmission. Thoroughly washing your hands remains a must, but experts say that the biggest COVID risk comes from coughing or shouting like those maskless fans at the Super Bowl rather than things you may touch. You know, if you're sending all that effort to decontaminate surfaces of the things you're bringing into your house, but your mask isn't on correctly, you know, you're really putting the effort in the wrong place. Now the virtual moment that is giving the nation a much-needed laugh. You've probably heard about the lawyer who couldn't turn off his camera filter and popped up in court as a cat. Well, now the lawyer is speaking out with his filter off. It's the faux pas everyone is talking about. A lawyer who didn't realize a Zoom court hearing had turned him into a cat. Can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, the, it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. That's not, I'm not a cat. The clip is giving the world a much-needed laugh. The courtroom sketch artist was like, ah, didn't think I'd be drawing whiskers today. But anyway. It happened during a civil hearing in Texas that took place virtually because of the pandemic. Watch as the cat's eyes dart around, mimicking the lawyer's facial expressions. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. So if he's not a cat, then who is he? His name is Rod Ponton, and this is what he really looks like. First time it's ever happened to me, and, uh, you know, I'm of a certain age. I'm not as computer literate perhaps as you are, but uh, uh, I didn't know that these cat filters were on the computer. He says he was actually using his secretary's computer. She has a young daughter, which explains the cat filter. How did you hear that it had been released? My phone's blowing up with phone calls from around the country. And I didn't know if I was in trouble or something was going wrong or, or what was happening. The judge overseeing the case, Roy Ferguson, got a kick out of it and actually posted the clip on social media. Was it hard keeping a straight face? I will neither admit nor deny as whether I had a straight face at that particular moment. The camera was off for a reason. Turning yourself into a virtual cat or any other animal is actually quite simple. Just download the app Snap Camera to your computer and it automatically syncs with Zoom. Now click on the filter you want and there you have it. I asked my colleagues to join in on the fun. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi, everyone. What do you think about that?
Could anybody take me seriously? Attorney Ponton says he's taking it all in stride and glad his honest mistake is making people happy. If everybody's going to get a laugh, I'll let them have a laugh at my expense. I think it's I think the world needs a little bit of humor now after the rough year we've had. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. There may be a teachable moment there. Always check your camera settings before jumping into a virtual work meeting. We'll be back right after this. Next, lucky to be alive. The woman who says she was left for dead by her NFL boyfriend. He was sipping his smoothie and was like, wow, you're, you're still alive. Plus, mad as hell, Kim Kardashian. Did her daughter really paint this? Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. We'll be right back. You've heard the shocking claim, no tuna in a tuna sandwich. Subway, eat fresh. Next, Inside Edition. Is there tuna in Subway's tuna sandwiches? The Inside Edition investigation. How could you not have tuna in tuna? Subway says it's tuna. What our lab tests show. Then, the new look for women. No heels, no suits, no makeup. The 2021 pandemic look. Next, Inside Edition. Her claims led to an NFL player being cut from the team. She says she was beaten and choked by the 300-pound offensive lineman. And we should warn you, the pictures of her injuries are graphic. 27-year-old Aaliyah Taylor says she suspected something was up when her boyfriend texted her that he had cut his long locks. He loved, just loved this long hair, um, refused to cut it. But nothing prepared her for the vicious assault the Seattle Seahawks' Chad Wheeler allegedly unleashed on her when she got home. He immediately grabbed my neck. Now she's speaking exclusively with CBS News correspondent Jerika Duncan. He stood up and he told me to bow down and asked him why and he, he didn't respond he just told me to bow down again and I told him no he threw me on the bed and um, I remember looking up at him and asking him please stop Chad it's me and um, I just immediately knew the look in his eyes that was it she says she blacked out during the beating when she awoke she looked like this bloodied and bruised I remember getting up and running to the bathroom Chad was standing by the bed by the doorway and he was sipping his smoothie and was like, wow, you're, you're still alive. Taylor locked herself in a bathroom and made a whispered call to 911. Please help me now. It took three police officers to subdue the six foot seven Wheeler. He has pled not guilty. On Twitter, Wheeler said he was having a mental health episode. He suffers from bipolar disorder and was in a manic episode when he beat Taylor. I have bolts and still and a still plate I'm gonna have forever in my arm. I'm gonna have to deal with this the rest of my life. If convicted, Wheeler faces eight to twelve years in prison. He has pled not guilty. Still to come, mad as hell, Kim Kardashian. Did her daughter really paint this? Like all moms, Kim Kardashian is proud of her little girl, but she went into mama bear mode when people reacted to a post she shared of her seven-year-old's artwork. Kim Kardashian is furious that people are bashing her seven-year-old daughter over this painting. It's a sweeping landscape, pretty impressive for a kid. My little artist North, Kim posted, well, lots of folks don't believe it. 
I can't stop thinking about how Northwest did not paint this wet one post. Now Kim is going nuts. Don't play with me when it comes to my children, she writes. North worked incredibly hard on her painting, which took several weeks to complete. The naysayers even made some comparisons. You're telling me Northwest is out here drawing like she is Bob Ross? Glad you could join me today. Bob Ross was a popular TV art instructor who died in 1995. Don't make them all straight. Trees grow every which way. Sandra Evans is an art teacher who specializes in the Bob Ross technique. She believes Little North painted the landscape. I have no doubt in my mind that Northwest could have done that painting. One of her students is eight-year-old Noah Snow. Hold the brush this way. This is a landscape he painted. It takes a couple of classes to really get the technique down. Any kid wants to do it, they just... Ken? I am probably one of the only people in the world who has evidence to prove that Kim is not lying. Cameron Fredrickson's mom taught North to paint. She says she painted this landscape when she was North's age. This is me. I was seven years old. See. Anybody can do it if you have somebody guiding you along. When we come back, what's all that screaming? today, it's not as bad as it sounds. What's all that screaming? Is someone in trouble? Nope, it's just a cowardly husky who really hates bath time. The bath time blues. That's Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts.